At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare this is the run line vsin's premier baseball betting show with adam burke here's ben wilson It is the run line here on a Sunday evening live from downtown Las Vegas, our Circus Sportsbook Studios. Hey, everybody. Welcome in. We have so much to get to over the next two hours. I'm Ben Wilson, joined by Adam Burke. I feel like a lot has happened, Adam, since the last time you and I sat in these very seats. Yeah, a lot has happened. And quite frankly, I don't even know if two hours is enough. That's all we get. But I don't know if two hours is enough we today just, to talk about everything we got to get to. We just bump, be like, hey, Greg Peterson, who comes up next on the look at. Hey, Greg, just go like walk around, maybe play some video poker. Adam's got some cash in his in his wallet. Just go go amuse yourself. We're not going to do that. We're going to be professional. Uh, I'm not about staking it. him. No, I'm not going to give him money. You seem like the kind of guy who would want to stake somebody just just because you're a you're a Midwestern gentleman, Adam. We're both from the Midwest. We like uh, to be friendly. Okay. I don't know. That's just, I, I, that's just my thought. I mean, you write a daily column breaking down every MLB game for us at vcin.com, so you seem like the, the generous type. I don't know. I'd rather lose my money myself than let somebody else lose my money. I'm, with, I'm at least with you on that. That is a principle we can both agree on. Uh, and as you mentioned, there is so much to get to. We have a, a boatload of injuries we need to discuss, some pitchers who are also back on the mend. We will talk, as always, real or fake, two really interesting pitchers. Adam will take the... Deep dive breakdown of, we'll talk regression report as well. Some interesting specific angles that we're looking at as we near now the month of July and get closer and closer to the halfway point of the Major League Baseball season. We'll run through all the games on tomorrow's card. Busy Monday as always in Major League Baseball. Talk about this busy Sunday night game going on right now with pretty important implications in the National League. Braves and Dodgers underway. We'll talk about about that in a little bit. Probably the biggest story, though, of the weekend, Adam, and it's not very often that we lead the show by saying, Oh, Team A won a series over Team B, but when Team B is the New York Yankees and loses a series at home, that feels like a pretty big deal, especially when you consider that the Houston Astros did it by mashing baseballs, which they did on Friday, a pair of three-run homers, and then they did it on Saturday with a historic no-hitter, a combined no-hitter, in which the Yankees became the best team ever by winning percentage, minimum 50 games played, to get no-hit, and started by Christian Javier, who certainly has emerged this season, Astros are now kind of making us all in the betting markets, Adam, say, look, is, is this now a legitimate second team and a legitimate contender here, even though this was just a single one-off best of three series, you, you had to be impressed with what you saw out of Houston this weekend. Oh, absolutely. Extremely impressed with what I saw out of Houston, especially because, you know, we've talked about this on the show that Minute Maid Park has really suppressed offense so far this year, but they went on the road to the Bronx and held New York hitless for 16 and a third innings in this series. Now, of course, they lose the series finale here today, but... This Houston team, you know, it's kind of funny because they don't really 
do a whole lot. They don't really grab a whole lot of headlines. They're not signing big money free agents or anything like that in the offseason. People almost forget how good this team actually is, and they are really, really good. You know, now they're kind of starting to get that starting pitching worked out a little bit. Uh, Ryan Presley still looks a little bit off coming out of the bullpen, but you know, last year they, they added some reinforcements to the bullpen at the trade deadline. I would expect them to do that again. The offense is obviously really good, especially when Jordan Alvarez is healthy. That's a really important thing for them. But, I mean, look, also, too, we talked about this last week. The Yankees were going to have a hard time sustaining that pace. There was just going to be some natural regression in there because they'd won a lot of games where the offense didn't do a whole lot. They'd won a lot of one-run games, stuff like that. That team just wasn't going to keep a 121-win pace going. The question now is not only how do they respond, but also you know, they've played a pretty weak schedule throughout the course of the season so far. We saw them step up a little bit here, and we did see them struggle a little bit. And the one question you have to have now for Houston, and if you look at the odds market, it's just funny because I think a lot of people think about, all right, how have we been framing this race the whole season? And there's been so much talk about the Yankees, and rightly so with how historic of a start this has been. But the reality is the betting market doesn't lie. And right now the Yankees are 2-1 to one to win the American League pennant. Astros are plus 240. So this isn't like some giant chasm that is suddenly closed just because one team wins two of three. The reality is this has always been pretty close. The really only, the, the main difference here, and we kind of consider the Astros as a, a team that has long been a mash unit, but as you talked about, given how pitcher-friendly Minute Maid Park has played this year, Astros are a team where you look down the, down the line at their overall offense and with losing Carlos Correa to Minnesota this year, I mean, they've been below league average in their average, their run scored, their stolen bases. They, they have not been the same type of potent offense, but it's the pitching to this point anchored by a 40-year-old with two major injuries and Justin Verlander that has really anchored him. And that, to me, has been the most impressive part of this. I don't know if, if you would agree with that, but it's, it's hard to see how a team like this who has struggled at the plate is not going to only thrive from this point on. Right, and for Houston, too, I mean, you know, their offensive struggles are, are very surprising to me. I know Jose Altuve missed a little bit of time, not that much, but, you know, in this split against the Yankees, I think something that was really important for them, you know, they did get walked off in two of those games. They very well could have won all four of these, but they do wind up with that split. But, you know, the thing of it was, for me, Houston's played 51 games against teams with a losing record, and nobody in that division seems to be any good, obviously. Once again, you know, the, I mean, you saw it flash on the screen there a minute ago. Houston's minus 5,000 to win the NL or the AL West. I mean, they're going to play a lot of bad teams as we go throughout the rest of the season here, but they're now 12 and or another 12 and nine against teams 500 or better. And, and this is something I think is going to be really important to follow as we talk about futures markets and adjusted win totals for the second half and all of that. You know, it's, it's not really a team's fault if they play a bad schedule. All they can do is play who's on the schedule. They're doing what they're supposed to do against the bad teams. Maybe not to the degree of the Yankees, who are 29-9 and against teams with losing records, but that's what you got to do. You, you, you supplant mm -hmm. that record against bad teams, and then you play you know, 500 or slightly better against good teams, and then we can kind of see where everything stands right. once we get to the All-Star break. Houston wins two of the final three in that series against the Yankees, as you mentioned. Overall, four-game split with two walk-offs for New York in that series. As for the rest of the card today, we had a number of interesting developments, Adam. I figured we could just start going rapid fire, right? Because for those of you just tuning in to us, we've been talking about a number of different things on the network throughout the day today. Exciting finish at the Travelers Championship, the build-up to the Stanley Cup Final Game 6 tonight. But for those of you just tuning in, wanting to hear about, all right, what are, what are our interpretations of the games on the card today? Figured we'll start, start these shows by giving just a rapid reaction to some of the top games. We'll start with some of these teams at the top of division races, so... 
Blue Jays Brewers today rubber game and I think I texted you Adam this felt like the most obvious overplay in retrospect the triple A quality pitcher of Chichi Gonzalez against Jose Barrios who was completely fallen off a cliff Barrios does not get out of the third inning and gives up eight runs Brewers 10 Blue Jays three in a game that cashed over in the second inning today yeah, five spot in the second for the Brewers. And it's nice for them to get their offense going. You know, they're missing Hunter Renfro now, who's one of many guys, many important guys injured around the league. You know, the Brewers, obviously, you know, they had that big lull. They seem to be kind of coming out of it a little bit. That was a nice split against the Cardinals, I think, to win that series finale there. But as you mentioned, I mean, Barrios, eight earned again on eight hits, gave up a couple of home runs, gave up what, six hard hit balls in two and two thirds. That's been the thing for him. He's had no command all season long. One thing that is a little bit concerning to me, and I don't know if maybe this was a getaway day game type of thing, but the fact that the Blue Jays, after that five spot in the second, just went into a shell. They didn't really get anything else off of Chichi Gonzalez, who only threw 59 pitches, didn't get anything off of the bullpen, and the Brewers have had issues in middle relief. Toronto is just such a hard team to peg because their record is still solid, but it, it just seems like there are some games where they just go through significant lulls. Yeah, I, I will say this. This was the – I was thinking of – of you today because you know you always want me to make ridiculous player references on this show from years past. This is not the most out there reference. I mean, what did we have last last week? Dustin Hermanson. I'm not going to go that yeah. crazy, but uh, my parents were at that game today at American Family Field. It was the first time the Blue Jays had been in Milwaukee in about a about a decade. The last time which they were there, I was at a game, the series opener, in which Tyler Thornburg made his major league debut. Okay, and gave up back to back to back home runs to get uh, bounced from that game. A trade that the Brewers completely raked the Red Sox over the coals with a couple years later. Yeah. Travis Shaw from the Red Sox for Tyler Thornburg, who I don't think ever... Did he ever pitch for the Red Sox? I don't think he did with injury. A guy that had a lot of promise, just didn't have health. I mean, that's, there you, you know, there, there are so many stories. We could spend a whole show bringing uh, we, up random players that had their careers robbed of them because of health, and, and he's one of them, I think. I mean, that uh, that's your random player mention of the Sounds day. Sounds good. Day. It's a good one to start uh, with. <laughs> speaking of, well, again... Not random pitchers, but guys who are at least on the mend here. Jack Flaherty goes two innings as they continue to work him back. Only threw 49 pitches today, Adam. But the Cardinal bullpen blows a five-run lead to the Cubs in the rubber game of that series. Ends up losing 6-5 in 10 innings as a, a pretty healthy favorite. $1.70 was the highest number I saw in the market today, Adam. And the, the Cardinal bullpen struggles becoming an issue this weekend. Yeah, I think so. And also now Genesis Cabrera on the COVID-19 list, and he's a really important piece for them. Oliver Marmol really likes to use him for multiple innings when he gets the chance. So that's a guy that for as long as he's out on the COVID list, and we have seen some guys come back very quickly. We've also seen some very prolonged absences on the COVID list here so far this season. So hopefully they can get him back. But you know, I actually wrote about that. I don't know if it was on Friday or Saturday with the Cardinals, but when they don't have a lead and they're not going to use guys like Cabrera, like Giovanni Gallegos, like Ryan Helsley, this is a team that maybe you want to live bet against because Nick mm -hmm. Whitgren's not very good. Drew Verhagen, not very good. A lot of the guys, you know, the kind of lower on the depth chart in that bullpen just aren't super effective. So, you know, if, if you don't project the Cardinals to be leading late in the game, I think you can look for some live betting opportunities to go against them as they use yeah. some of their lesser relievers. And with that, Brewers retake a one-game lead now in the NL Central. Meanwhile, the other game that really caught my attention, the Philadelphia Phillies go into San Diego. They win three of four in that set. And you, Darvish, was fine today. Three earned in six innings, a quality start, but certainly not sparkling by any means. And the Padre bullpen, using some of their secondary and tertiary arms, Adam, they really had a hard go of it. They lose 8-5 to Kyle Gibson today. Another dog cashes there on the road. 
Yeah, and another one here, too, where the Padres are now missing Steven Wilson, who went on the IL, and he's been a huge piece for them. Pitching and leverage, being able to go multiple innings, those are really, really important guys with the specialization of today's game. So that's a really big loss for them, but you, know, you give the Phillies credit. I mean, you know, look, this is a team that they're probably going to go as far as the bullpen takes them because the offense is pretty good, but a nice bounce back today, losing, of course, Bryce Harper in yesterday's game for who knows how long with that right. fractured thumb. We will discuss that in a little bit uh, later in this hour because there are a number of guys hitting the injured list this week. We'll have to talk about that. Harper certainly leading the charge as far as those players go, and the Padres now fall a game and a half back of the L.A. Dodgers in the NL West race. Will it be a game back or two games back? That depends on what happens tonight in Sunday Night Baseball. We'll update you on what's going on there because they are underway. Top of the fourth inning, pretty good pitcher's duel on hand right now. We'll discuss that next. Begin our discussion of the regression report. Talk raised lineup. That is on the other side. We're just getting started. Two hours of fun here on the run line from VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. You found Visa's premier baseball betting show. This is the run line. Baseball predictions made brighter. Join the Born in a Ballpark Challenge presented by Blue Moon to compete free for cash all season. Enter weekly prediction pools to fight for your share of $62,500 in total cash prizes. Head to DraftKings.com slash Blue Moon now to join the action. Blue Moon made brighter 21 plus only terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply see draftkings.com for details drink responsibly we're back on the run line it's our first of two hours here on a sunday night joined by adam burke on the desk who you can follow at skating tripods i'm ben wilson brian ortega our producer behind the glass and adam we've got sunday night baseball in progress Whenever, it's like a tradition now whenever spencer strider is pitching and you and i are sitting in these seats you just kind of assume the guy is going to be brilliant it all goes back to my first in-game bet of the of this young show when we laid out a genius case to bet a Padre team total only, over, only for a mustachioed young gentleman you and I had never seen before, came in and threw four and a third, hitless innings of relief. And he now has emerged, Spencer Strider, into one of the candidates to a National League uh, offense, I should say not offensive, National League Rookie of the Year. Amidst a bunch of offensive threats, Strider has been the one pitcher, one or two pitchers who's really impressed but it hasn't exactly been a super easy transition from him after being brilliant in the bullpen. He's had his ups and downs as a starter, but he is off to a very good start tonight as we update Sunday Night Baseball. Nothing-nothing game. They go to the bottom of the fourth inning as Tony Gonsolin continues his perfect, essentially perfect stretch of play to begin this season. Yet to lose in uh, this, I believe, his 12th start tonight for Gonsolin. 
But the Braves took a lot of money here. They went down. I saw some shops down to plus 100 and minus 123, the lowest number the Dodgers ended up closing at in this game. Actually, there was a, a 115 out there in the market the Dodgers closed at. Total of 8.5, and, and so far the betters are, are seeing more than anything a really good pitcher's duel to this point. Yeah, and one of the things about a guy like Spencer Strider, and the reason why guys oftentimes end up in the bullpen is because they don't really have a third pitch. They don't really have something that they can use when turning a lineup over, when dealing with you know platoon advantages, stuff like that. And when you look at Spencer Strider here, I mean, his fastball usage is down to 65.9% in the month of June, but it was 75% in the month of May and almost 70% in the month of April. So this is a guy that throws a lot of fastballs. Yes, he throws extremely hard. Yes, he can still get swings and misses with it. But, you know, when you start seeing lineups for a second time or when a lineup starts turning over against you and basically 90% of your arsenal is fastball or slider, makes you a little bit more hittable. So, you know, they put him there because they needed to because some of their other young arms weren't really performing in the rotation. But that's the risk and the downside that you get with a guy like him is that the arsenal is just not deep and, and teams, as he turns the lineup over, will be more successful. And I just wonder, too, if some of this market movement going against the Dodgers tonight was on more on a regression look for Tony Gonsolin. I'll correct myself. It was 13 starts he'd made so far, 9-0, 158 ERA, but Adam, a 374 XFIP, 176 batting average on balls in play, 91% strand rate. It does not take geniuses who have PhDs in disseminating Fangraph's information to tell you that Tony Gonsolin is, has, is certainly due for at least some regression. The question, Adam, is how much. On the plus side, there are very good hard-hit contact numbers for him, going at least in his favor. Where do, where do you stand on a guy like Gonsolin when the numbers just literally jump off the page and tell you, okay, there's no way this guy can possibly keep this going, at least on the surface here? Right. I mean, to me, this is a situation kind of on a player level, but what we talked about with the Yankees, right? Like the Yankees are a really good team, but they weren't going to sustain that pace. Tony Gonsolin's a really good pitcher, but he's not going to carry a 158 ERA. He's got the 280 expected ERA, 344 FIP, as you mentioned. He's not going to maintain a 91% left on base percentage. He's got a decent strikeout rate, but it's not high enough really to support that significant of an outlier to go along with the BABIP under 200, under 180, actually. And, you know, obviously he is pitching well tonight, and the Dodgers are a pretty solid defensive team. But at some point, this will slow down for Gonsolin. And my biggest concern for him, he's going to reach an innings threshold that he's never really reached before and do so at the MLB level with the highest possible stress innings. At -hmm. some point, he's just probably going to wear down a little bit here. He may be a a second-half type of fade where those numbers kind of, where his ERA winds up going towards his FIP and his XFIP. 2018. Through that's the only professional season he's thrown over 100 innings, and that was a combination of high A and double A. Right. And there are a number of pitchers who we've talked about in the past who fit that category. Gonsolin is one of those. Uh, Live numbers right now, we're seeing the Dodgers at this point about a dollar. Actually, we're right now pretty much even here, depending on the book. Some have the Braves dollar 20 favorites. Some have the Dodgers dollar 20 favorites. Braves have a runner on, and nobody out. Just starting here, the bottom of the fourth live total though, all the way down to four and a half again. Some shops have it juiced to the over, some to the under, but you're well on pace there if you took a pregame under in that spot. So we've talked in some senses, Adam, how regression can apply to pitching. It can apply to hitting. One thing we haven't really talked about, though, is is just the cluster of hitters as a unit here. But I know that's something that really caught your eye when looking at the Tampa Bay Rays specifically. Rays get another win today, riding Shane McClanahan, the AL Cy Young favorite who was very good once again against a pretty weak Pirates 
lineup without O'Neal Cruz in the lineup there today. And Key Brian Hayes was banged up in that weekend series. So Rays win as massive favorites today. But I know the thing that's really caught your eye here is some of their lineup issues without Wander Franco, a big piece of that lineup, out for a big stretch of time here. Yeah, and they got Wander back today. And when you look at their offensive performance without him, the whole team suffered, but specifically they suffered at the shortstop position. And not only that, but Taylor Walls was a guy playing short. He got picked off a third with the bases loaded uh, the other day in the series against the Yankees. Just a guy that, you know, a younger player, at least in terms of experience, but they really missed Wander while he wasn't out there. And in fact, offensively, looking at the updated numbers with Franco coming back today, 200 average, 233 on base, 314 slugging from the shortstop position. And overall, this was a team that had a sub-290 weighted on base average without him. Now, this isn't the greatest of offensive teams anyway, mm -hmm. and Tropicana Field does suppress offense quite a bit. But at least now you get Wander back to the point where, you know, look, you're already missing Mike Zanino, who's got some good power from the catching position, Brandon Lowe, Kevin Kiermeyer, Manny Margot. You're missing some key everyday players in this lineup. But to get Wander back, I think, really should help them. And this is a team that when you look at their offensive profile over the last few years, at home, they try to win low-scoring games. They'll work a ton of counts. They'll try to walk. They'll try to create these run-scoring opportunities. They even led the league in opposite field percentage a couple of years ago mm. where they wound up with a really high batting average on balls in play. But on the road, they get more aggressive because they know that it's a different kind of offensive environment. When you're missing a guy like Wander at the top of the lineup, a guy that really is a catalyst, one of the few guys in this lineup with really good power, that's a huge absence. So I think Tampa Bay is a team that maybe we want to look to play on a little bit here where you know they've had some defensive lapses. They haven't gotten a lot of key hits, stuff like that. I think a lot of those things should kind of change for such a smart team, such a proven team as the season right. goes along. And they have a very brief two-game home set against the Brewers this week, which is sort of ironic because I was just going to say, you, t you think about lack of shortstop depth there, and they basically traded away Willie Adamas to the Brewers essentially because his home road splits were so vast, but they just couldn't really rationalize playing him at home anymore. He was terrible. And in a, in a field that is so unique, in a park factor as well, like a Tropicana field, where you see so many guys, Adam, struggle in that specific park, it's like, what do you, what do, you do when you're, if you're handicapping a lineup like this, where certainly if you're a front office, you can't just say, well, they're not very good at home, so we got to just get rid of them. You can only do that so often, and they got a very good fit in the Adamas trade with getting an arm like J.P. Fireisen, who, while he's hurt right now, has been a, a really big asset to that bullpen. It's like, how do, you, how do you try to balance a roster like that who certainly the guys, based on some of the park factors, just are not going to be as good at home? And, and that's kind of manifested here in the year-long numbers where they're 26th in Team OPS and 25th in Team OBP. Right, and it's one of those things where what you try to do to counteract that is you play the platoon advantage game. You know, they wind up with a lot of right-handed bats against left-handed starters and a lot of left-handed bats against right-handed starters. So that's what they try to do. You know, they try to take advantage of guys that are, I call them the island of misfit toys, right? Guys that are just flawed players that can't play every day wind up being more affordable for a team like Tampa Bay, who we know always has, you know, payroll limitations and constraints, but also, you know, guys that draw a lot of walks or have a lot of positive plate appearances with that platoon advantage. That's what those smart teams have done for a long time. I saw Cleveland do it forever. They don't really do it anymore now, but I saw Cleveland do it forever. Tampa Bay do it forever. A lot of teams really rely on that. Now the game is kind of changing a little bit, but you know the Rays are still a team that does you know kind of embrace that mentality. I asked you that question just because that, that's the first question any of these baseball teams are going to ask you, Adam, when you apply to be their GM. I don't know. <laughs> we've, we've, had, we've sat here and talked, and we've texted while watching games, and you're like, I would do so much better than some of these GMs.
Which at we least all, some we of the know, managers. We know is true. We, some of the managers, at least. I'm just trying to prepare you, at And most of when the, the day color comes, guys. That too. But when the day comes, you're going to thank me for asking you this exact question on the run line as, as some sort of front office is like, hey, Adam, what do we do about this home road split thingy? thingy ma bopper going on here, and you will have the answer. I try. You, you I try to have every answer. That's the point of this show, Ben. That is, that is the point of the show. But, I mean, big week for the Rays, though. They host the Brewers for two, then go to Toronto for four. Mm-hmm. Rays and Blue Jays each, 40-32 and 32 right now, a whopping 12-and-a-half back of the Yankees, but still both favored to make the playoffs right now. Big, big week for each of those teams coming up, up ahead, again, starting for the Rays on Tuesday. So that's part one of our aggression report. We'll talk about the other element of that when we return here and also get into just the wild week that was in the world of Major League Baseball. We had injuries. We had brawls. Was there a great brawl to talk about today? We have teams that are making pseudo-desperate ploys of trying to keep guys healthy, which we could honestly talk the whole show about if we really wanted to, uh, and so much more. That is still all to come. We'll talk more aggression report as we roll on. It is the run line here from VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Since Premier Baseball Betting Show, this is the run line. Draft like no other, wine like no other. Play free during the PGA Tour with the Mayomi Dare to Play Unrivaled Golf Series. Enter five free contests to take your shot at a share of $25,000 in total cash prizes. Head to DraftKings.com slash Mayomi now to join the action. Mayomi, flavor forward, 21 plus only. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Drink responsibly. As we're back on the run line with our producer, Brian Ortega, leading the whole team behind the glass. we got Dakota, Taylor, Oliver back there. Always doing a great job. I know Brian's in a good mood because the Tampa Bay Lightning have taken a one nothing lead game six of the Stanley Cup final. So while everybody begs and pleads Tampa Bay to force the series to go seven so that we all, as a sports media universe, have something to talk about, Adam, we don't care because we've got baseball to talk about every day, okay? We can do a show basically 180 days of the year as long as there's games on the card. We could talk about stuff. So, you know what? We, Knock we, yourself out, hockey people. We, we got baseball. Even, we could do even more than that. Trade deadline, winter meeting, or not trade, I was uh, winter meetings and all that stuff. conservative in my estimate. Free agent frenzy. I just didn't, I didn't, I didn't want to over-promise and then under-deliver. So I was like, you know what? 180, that seems about right. But we could definitely, we could definitely go more. It's still nothing, nothing, by the way. And you're, at this point, four outs away from cashing a first five under, which was either four, four and a half, depending on the shop. Eight and a half juice to the under the total, and that is certainly well on pace right now. Spencer Strider, 75 pitches as he throws with a 2-2 count, nobody on, and two outs in the top of the fifth, uh, and gets a wave and a miss. 100-mile-an-hour running fastball inside. He, he's one of those guys that seems to be created for Rob Friedman, the pitching ninja guy on Twitter. Like, mm-hmm. just seems like a creation for that guy specifically, even though I would argue Yuan Duran is the ultimate pitching ninja uh, simulated creation, essentially. But he is looking awesome so far. I mean, it's just, just a very bizarre series in general, Adam, where you have Clayton Kershaw coming out and, and sort of throwing weird buckets of hypothetical cold water on Freddie Freeman's return, almost making fun of him for getting emotional about being in the Atlanta organization for over a decade. It just seems sort of awkward. And the Dodgers have not exactly looked impressive throughout this series where they, they came out, they, they took game one, but the Braves were on top of them last night via Max Freed and a chance now for the Braves to win a series here tonight. Yeah, I really didn't like the Kershaw comment, and I'm sure that that's something that they'll handle internally, but Kershaw saying, you know, I hope we're not playing second fiddle to, you know, the, to the team that he used to play for. And, I mean, 
Freddie Freeman was drafted at 18 years of age by this team. He spent 14 years in the organization, just won a World Series with them, got plenty of friendships. You know, for a guy like Kershaw to say something like that, I mean, Kershaw has effectively spent his entire career with one team. He doesn't get it. He doesn't understand what it's like to go back somewhere where you know you have all these connections and all that. I didn't, I didn't like that comment, and I sort of wonder if maybe it's a symptom of a greater issue here for the Dodgers, who, to your point, as you said, I mean, they're not playing overly well for a while now. They're 11 and 10 in the month of June. They're only they're plus 14 in run differential, so they have lost some games that maybe they shouldn't. They're only four and eight one run games, but maybe that was almost kind of a projection mm-hmm. type of thing from Clayton Kershaw. You know, just sort of like I don't know, maybe maybe he feels like his teammates aren't fully focused on the task at hand. Right. I don't know, but I, I didn't. I didn't like that comment, and I'm, I'll be curious to see if anything comes of it. Yeah, you would think a guy like him would understand. The only reason Freddie Freeman is even there is because his franchise, Kershaw, has offered him just gobs and gobs of money to come there, and that as a result, that is kind of what you get when you are a member of these, you know, these teams like a Yankees or a Dodgers who are just throwing everything, every sort of treasure chest uh, trove of, of cash that you want at certain guys. But it's just sort of bizarre comments to see. It's been a very competitive series, and it's a series, too, that has seen Atlanta, and they've been playing very good baseball in general. We had the 10-game winning streak we saw out of the Braves a while back to claw their way now back over 500 as we interplay tonight. Braves four and a half games back of the Mets in the NL East. And while we have some teams like the Dodgers who continue to be priced through the moon in A, a Adam, the everyday market, and then B, the futures market, where the Dodgers are still co-World Series favorites, still NL pennant favorites, you have this Mets team that sits 47-27, and 27, and yet the rotation as a result of a number of guys injured and you see all the different starters that they've used, at the same time, they still maintain this division lead. They've pitched through just this slog of secondary guys on the mound for them. And for Buck Showalter, he's, he's managed it pretty well. And you certainly have reason to believe that this thing should turn around for the Mets, even though they've still been maintaining a pretty good level of play here throughout. Yeah, and obviously, look, you, know, you lose guys like Max Scherzer, I you know I mean that's a that's a really huge deal for you. Jacob Grom, he's a little he's not bad. He's not bad. Might might one day be in Cooperstown, maybe. Uh, but you know you don't have Jacob Degrom, obviously. Now you know Carlos Carrasco has the back issue too. Trevor McGill or Tyler McGill, excuse me, back on the IL again. But you know for the Mets, you look at them and and yeah they've had these injuries and these are things that have been really concerning for them. But since May 14th, we're kind of using May 14th as this kind of cutoff where Major League Baseball completely changed. Offense came back. It's like we really flipped a switch, you know, right there on, on May 14th or thereabouts. But since then, you look at this Mets rotation, and this was going into Friday's games. 485 ERA, 417 FIP, 386 XFIP. As a staff, as a starting rotation, they had a 332 batting average on balls in play against. And this is not a bad defensive team. It's, you know, probably league average, maybe a little bit better as long as everybody's healthy and all that. But you had several guys out of their starting pitchers that had a batting average on balls in play over 300 in that span. So this is a team that kind of ironically, you know, their offensive profile, they don't make a ton of quality contact, but everything seems to find a hole. That happened to their pitching staff for about the last six weeks or so. So I think that's something that should obviously improve, not only as you get Scherzer back and DeGrom back in the mix and all that, but just simply because no team's going to run a 330 Mm -hmm. batting average on balls in play against. So the fact that the Mets... Yeah, they've given up some games on that lead, but they've largely weathered this storm, and they'll get a stretch too like the Braves did where they play a bunch of bad teams in a row. So I, I give the Mets a lot of credit for what they've been able to do here. Maybe it hasn't been the prettiest thing in the world, but I mean, you're, you're talking about missing 
you know, two potential Hall of Fame starters right now, and they've still been really good. Well, and it's funny how we talked about the Astros in the same frame of mind where we would not have expected a team who has fallen to pretty pretty well below average team-wide hitting numbers to be to still be producing it the way they are. And you could make the same case of the, of the Mets as well, where if you were to have told me, Adam, back in April, that this team would be without two key starters in Max Scherzer and Jacob DeGrom. I mean, DeGrom for the, so far, the entire season. And while his progress has been promising, we still don't exactly have a, a true return date for him. Max Scherzer, in the meantime, set to make his second rehab start on Tuesday there in A. But if you would have told me without those guys, with now a, a team ERA that's 16th, with a walk per nine that's 22nd, would have, would have had a hard time believing they'd be able to keep their heads over water. But number one batting average by team in the majors, number one in runs scored, number two in on base, and seventh in OPS. That, right along with the Astros, it's somewhat ironic that those two teams will play each other now this weekend, this week coming up, a short two-game series there at City Field. But it, it, to me, Adam, it's just as equally impressive as what the Astros have been doing, where the perceived strength of each of those two teams has turned out to be either a weakness or at least a spot of some bad luck based on the numbers so far. Yeah, absolutely. And again, I mean, you know, th- this is not just because DeGrom and Scherzer aren't there. This is because of what's happening to them in terms of balls in place. So that's something where not only would I expect a lot of these guys that are you know healthy and still performing to get better. You know, like we saw, we talked a lot about Chris Bassett, you know, over these last couple of weeks as well, a guy that, you know, he, he admitted, he's like, I, I don't know what's wrong. I've just kind of lost it a little bit. That's a guy with a track record of success. You know, that's a guy that should continue to be really solid. And then they're going to get the Grom back. Then they're going to get Scherzer back. It, it almost comes to a point where do we do we start buying any of the futures market on the Mets where their price has kind of come down a little bit, or is it one of those things where everyone just kind of knows that you know? I mean, you talk about getting Degrom and Scherzer back in July, which I don't know if Degrom will be back, but you talk about you know make, making trades and trying to fill holes and all that. I mean, imagine getting two Cy Young Hall of Fame caliber pitchers back at the trade deadline. I mean, that's basically what the Mets are going to wind up doing that's here. That's pretty, pretty special. And it, the question becomes, how effective will those guys be? I think DeGrom has the bigger question mark, right. you would certainly say, than Scherzer right now, simply because we haven't seen him at all this year. Interestingly enough, Mets and Dodgers, same exact divisional odds. They're both minus 245. And you wonder, would it not, would it not have been for a team like the Braves with so much built-in market respect currently at plus 225, and given that they just come off a World Series title, would that number not be a little bit uh, a little bit greater there, uh, the minus number on the Mets side? Meanwhile, updated NL odds, at least at this point, Dodgers plus 225, Mets plus 350, Braves plus 550, and the Padres 6-1. to So those are your top four right now, which I just, I, I mean, I'd still, we've advocated in the past, a Padre flyer at 6-1, to one, not, not the worst value at all in the world, and Nothing, to me, has really changed in that market here over the past week or so. Well, let's keep in mind, too, Ronald Acuna Jr. leaving yesterday's game, fought a ball off his foot. He uh, X-rays were negative, but he said he wasn't able to put any weight on that foot here today, so not in the lineup for this game. Probably not going to be in the lineup for the next few days. Possibly another IL stint for him. And that's a guy that really got it going, especially when they were facing those really bad teams and bad pitching staffs. So let's see how long that winds up being, because... You know, Matt Olson kind of got it going. Marcelo Zuna is still trying to figure it out. Acuna at the top of that order sets up a lot of things for them. So we'll see how long he actually ends up being away from the team. The the NL East, everybody's on the aisle, it seems like. There was a big, big injury last night, which we'll get into because that has implications on the NL MVP markets, where now essentially three of the top five guys on the odds board now. And if you want to throw Acuna in there as a sixth guy who's now at least day-to-day, at the very least, 
Uh, everybody seems to be on the shelf there in the NL, basically outside of the favorite. So we'll discuss what Bryce Harper's injury means for that market in particular, as well as an update on Sunday Night Baseball where we sit in the bottom of the fifth, and a discussion as well on some other very interesting news and notes, some unexpected headlines, including one big change to the college ranks that we'll talk about next here on The Run Line. VEASAN's premier baseball betting show. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is the run line. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit vsin.com to check the current betting splits data. Want to know where the money and bets are moving every game? The betting splits page is updated every 10 minutes, so you can see changes in all the action. Find out where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money does not match the public opinion. You can check out not only tonight's action, but future events as well. Betting splits are another way. VSIN is here to make you a smarter, better year round. Check out today's betting splits for every game at vsin.com. As we are back, final segment of our first hour of the run line every Sunday night, 8 to 10 Eastern, right here on VSIN. We're into the top of the sixth and Sunday night baseball. The under, whatever number you played, first five is already cashed. Nothing, nothing. So that is what Adam Spencer Strider has thrown, I believe, now. Nine, in Sunday night baseball games where you and I have been on the air, he has thrown nine and two-thirds innings, and he has given up in that stretch a combined... How many hits has he given up tonight? Uh, three hits. That is three hits combined in nine and two-thirds innings between his, his two appearances on Sunday night baseball. The guy is built for Sunday night. Well, we'll have to let the Braves know that when we're yeah. on air, put Spencer Strider on the mound. I don't care if he threw 100 pitches yesterday. Just put him on the mound. Just put him on the mound, and it'll automatically, uh, it'll automatically work out. Uh, we mentioned at the top, there's been so much happening in the world of baseball. Not limited, Adam, to just Major League Baseball. We, we try to do a stat of the week every week, and this one caught your eye. That is just, I mean, absolutely next level. It comes from the Empire State Grays. If you're wondering, uh, what, are, what are the Empire State Grays? That would be Independent League. The, the Frontier, the Frontier League. League, yes, which is one of the unaffiliated minor league uh, baseball leagues. Oh, and 35 coming into yesterday. They were... Three games away from tying Pro Baseball's all-time losing streak of 38 straight, and they somehow, I don't know what the odds would have been if that was offered by the books, Adam, but they somehow beat the Tri-City Valley Cats 9-3. to I know you're a big Empire State Grays fan. I, I'm sure one of these weeks you're going to show up in an Empire State Grays baseball hat, Adam. Yeah, I mean, merch it should. should. It should be pretty cheap to get merch right now for, for that team who, by the way, they win last night 9-3. to Today they lost 13-1. to Starting pitcher Jordan so, Powell... Two and two-thirds, 10 hits, 10 runs, gave up five home runs 
and two and two thirds. So uh, the Grays unable to put together a winning streak. They are now one and thirty six. One and thirty six. I'm guessing you know how we do the little ROI team profile things on our graphics. If if we had one here at Veasan for the Empire State Grays, for what it's worth, it too, I, I scrolled through their results. A lot of those would have been on the run line as well. Ooh, ooh. maybe alt run line. Maybe like, yeah, maybe a lot mega, of those. Mega, mega, uh, mega run line as well. And in other baseball world news today, we say congratulations to the Ole Miss Rebels. Hotty toddy, they get it done today. College World Series champions. Argyll Alexander, he had a 100-to-1 ticket on Ole Miss. That was uh, pretty wild, Adam, to actually see that come to fruition. Uh, so thanks to everybody who I know followed along. Uh, yeah, Gil, I, I think Gil was excited today. Uh, I know he was texting with me. I had, a, I had an Ole Miss series ticket there on that uh, College World Series. So some really, really good baseball, and uh, congrats to Ole Miss. But it also, we kind of had a combination as well today because we saw while Ole Miss was winning the College World Series, a pretty big shakeup in the college baseball world where LSU – Long-time power in the SEC. They make a hire of a pretty interesting sort. They are hiring the Minnesota Twins pitching coach, Wes Johnson, away from the Twins midseason, who apparently, Adam, you were looking this up, he is going to serve as pitching coach for one more series for the Twins, then head on down to Baton Rouge, become the head coach there of LSU. Not something you see every day. Uh, Very bizarre, especially when the Twins are right in the thick here of the AL Central race. Yeah, he's actually going to go back to being a pitching coach at LSU, which is the same role that he held at Arkansas. And at Arkansas, he was called the czar of velocity. That so seems like a good nickname. We, to have. It's a great nickname, especially if you're a pitching coach. That's an outstanding nickname to have. And we have seen, you know, he's obviously not pitching well this season, but we saw a guy like Jose Barrios add some velocity. We've seen the Twins pitching staff, specifically the starters, have been very effective here so far this season. I think the bullpen has overperformed a little bit. And now Wes Johnson going back to college. And college pitching coaches are actually compensated extremely well. If you watch the College World Series, you know why. Because it's very hard. It's a very difficult job to do. So he's going back to college, probably a little bit more freeing of a schedule for him. you know. And, and now he's probably going to make a little bit more money as well, being down there back in the college ranks. But this is a huge deal for the Minnesota Twins. Now he's going to stay through the upcoming five-game series against the Guardians, and that's a huge series, as we know, with those two teams battling for first place in that division. But, you know, this is a midstream coaching change, and obviously the Twins, you know, allowed him to do this. They're letting him out of his contract to go and do this, so there's no bad blood, there's no ill will there, I would presume. But, you know, now, I mean, I'm sure the assistant pitching coach, the bullpen coach, all of that, pitching coordinators and everything, probably all on the same page with Wes Johnson, but... This is a guy who's done some really great things for that Twins pitching staff during his tenure here, uh, getting hired in 2019 or after the 2018 mm-hmm. season. So that's a really big loss for them, especially a team that I don't really like their pitching staff that much, and I thought it was going to regress anyway. Now I'm we 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 keep teasing this this damn White Sox ticket that we're going to bet it. Damn point. White Sox team uh, and ticket. It, yes. it it may be coming here soon. It might be soon and. Uh, Wes Johnson, again, hired by LSU as their pitching coach today. He had never worked in pro ball before the Twins hired him. Since 2019, Minnesota pitching staff 10th in F4. And this year, the Twins staff tied for 9th in, in combined whip in, the all, in all of Major League Baseball. So I know you're a big Joe Ryan guy. You've, your love for him has, has been widely professed, and he was very good again today. Twins get the win. Uh, 6-3 final score in Ryan's start as they get the victory over uh, Colorado today as a very, very large favorite. But that is a big question mark to ask now going forward. So we have this AL Central race now very much up in the air already, I mean, before this decision, but 
certainly after the personnel change on the pitching side with the pitching coach, Wes Johnson, leaving. AL Central appears to be up in the air. We've got this one-game race in the NL Central and NL West, essentially, with the Dodgers and Padres only. But right now, a game and a half separating them, game separating the Brewers from the Cardinals, and this NL East, too, which has started to get a little bit more bunched up as both the Braves and Phillies have played better baseball of late. But we, while we talked Braves injury concerns with Ronald Acuna Jr. leaving the game yesterday and out tonight for Sunday Night Baseball, Bryce Harper, that's an injury that the shockwaves will certainly be felt. He hits the IL basically immediately, fractures his thumb on the 10-day uh, currently placed on that list. We'll see how if that gets extended or how long it will be. But MVP market, we had seen Harper get down to about a plus 850 uh, shot, which is pretty much where he started the season at. But And we'll show our MVP odds here in a second in the National League, Adam. First, you consider that if Paul, like at this point, if Paul Goldschmidt just stays healthy and keeps producing at this rate, those odds are going to get a lot shorter, <laughs> even though they're already down to plus 165. But just look at this. Machado has been day-to-day and banged up. Harper's now injured. Betts is on the IL. Acuna very well might be heading for the IL. And that is essentially two-thirds of your top six on that odds board here. Yeah, I mean, it's been a war of attrition in that NL MVP race. And and this Harper injury, I mean, look, it, it goes without saying, but the magnitude of this is really significant for them. I mean, a guy with a 166 WRC+, plus had a 413 weighted on base average with an expected WOBA, of 443 so he could have been doing even better now obviously batted balls not carrying early on in the season that has a big thing to do with that but you know Harper was playing through an existing injury to begin with he had that issue with the elbow that you had kind of taken him out of right field a few times and all that but this is a huge injury for anybody but especially the Phillies because as we've talked about a lot here they are a terrible defensive team we'll talk about defensive metrics a little bit later on in the show they're a bad defensive team I still don't trust this bullpen as far as I can throw it. Mm-hmm. Now Connor Brogdon goes on the COVID IL. They have to outscore teams to win. That task got much more difficult without Bryce Harper in the lineup. And looking at how the odds have changed, even since when we put that graphic together, that was going into last night's games. I saw when I looked at BetMGM this morning, since the games had already started, a lot of books will pull them down. Some on the East Coast you'll see can have continuous awards markets up. Harper had dropped down to 11-1 to 1 as of this morning, and our producer Brian Ortega just let me know. He's already down to 18-1. to 1. So the fall has continued here for Bryce Harper, and it's not, at least, you know, that's not really the worry for Phillies fans. It's for a team that was finally starting to come together, especially after the firing of Joe Girardi here. It's like, and again, we just talked about it, a three-for-four three weekend in San Diego, but we know that the margin for error for these NL East teams, Adam, is really, really slim, and that's part of why we've been so impressed by the Mets to make so much out of a very, very limited starting pitching staff. And if you're a Philly fan, you're thinking, man, what, what does it take for us to get a break? We finally got on a roll here, and all of a sudden our best player goes out. Well, and again, you think about it. As I mentioned, Bryce Harper, a 166 WRC+. Remember, 100 is league average. So his offensive production was 66% better than league average. And this is a Phillies team with a 102 WRC+. So they were 2% better than league average with a player that was more than 65% above league average in Harper. So now you look at this team, and it's safe to say that without Bryce Harper, they are a below-average offensive team. team. And that's not – I mean, I know that they have Nola and Wheeler at the top of the rotation. Eflin's been good. Gibson's been good. Suarez was good the other day, much to my chagrin because I was fading him. But, you know, JT Realmuto, not hitting. Kyle Schwarber, 129 WRC+. Reese Hoskins, 122. Those two guys are going to have to completely carry this offense now. 
That is very true. You know who's got a 191 WRC plus? Paul Goldschmidt. That guy is insane. I know because we're obsessed with having these conversations every week on awards markets. I mean, Paul Goldschmidt, 338 average, 191 WRC plus. That guy is a deserved favorite right now, at least, in the NL MVP market. Okay, we still have a whole hour to go. We'll talk interesting developments with the White Sox. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare.